It's becoming more and more apparent every year how convoluted that relationship can be between utility service providers and customers. Um, and so having an energy management specialist coming in is just makes sense because it provides clarity, it provides transparency, and it streamlines the entire process, which ends up decreasing energy usage. Welcome to Energy Sense, the podcast that explores the most fascinating trends, changes, and ideas in energy efficiency. I'm Jason Roop, and I'm just a guest host today because normally your host is Chris Rawlings, but we've decided to uh, turn the tables around, interview him today. Uh, hey, Chris, how you doing? Good. How are you, Jason? <laughs> it's, it's good to have you on your podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Chris is the uh, Chief Efficiency Officer of Veteran LED, so we want to talk to him a little bit about what he does and uh, some of the things he's seeing in his industry. And uh, I guess we'll start for people who aren't familiar, your your company's called Veteran LED. So, uh, you know, you were a veteran, you were a Marine. Um, when did you serve and how did that how did that come to happen? So I joined the Marine Corps right out of high school in 2003, uh, served five years uh, with the Marine Corps, got out in 2008 um, as an aircraft mechanic Loved serving with my brothers and sisters, did two deployments to Iraq, had a great time, um, loved every, you know, most of it. Yeah. And when you, you came right out of high school to, to do that, right? Yeah. I, uh, I always knew I wanted to be in the military, um, from right around the age of 14. And so the transition into the Marine Corps, instead of going to college was just my route, if you will. And so I, I joined and, and just, you know, I liked it. When you um, decided to add the word veteran to your business, why why did you do that? So we rebranded in 2016. Um, we had a lot of, we had a, a, a big presence in the veteran community. I'd gone to some programs that were strictly for veterans and being and wanting to be entrepreneurs and kind of helping them grow their business. And so I saw the the cohesiveness that it brought in being part of that community. And, and also I wanted to have an initiative with the company. You know, we have an initiative to work with veteran owned businesses whenever we get the chance to either as subcontractors or vendors or, or teaming partners and whatnot. Um, and we obviously have a, a veterans hiring initiative as well. And just understanding that I, as a veteran and understand the, the, hardships of transition and finding a job, job placement and things like that. And so I just want to give back to that community as much as possible and let everyone know that by doing business with veteran LED, they're supporting that mission as well. Yeah, that's great. Um, you, you just celebrated or you marked uh, five years with your company, yeah. right? I mean, I'm sure it doesn't feel like five years. <laughs> How, when you, when you go back to the beginning, um, well, let's, let's tell people a little bit about what, what the business does to start with and, and sure. how it, how it came to be. Yeah. So, um, I got my start in the energy sector, if you will, with lighting. I, after hours and hours of research on energy efficiency and energy management, I, the common theme was led lighting that kept popping up. 
you know, I, I was working as a contractor with Northrop Grumman down at Fort Eustis on the army base and was seeing that the hangar was just wasting so much energy, uh, with leaking air hoses and HVAC blowing out the doors and whatnot. And so I had this idea that there had to be other companies out there with the same problem. I actually got connected. It was funny when I was driving in this morning, I, I saw the gray bar sign. I got connected with GE's, uh, gray bar electrical distribution, through just a conference call with a friend of mine. And through that, that piqued my interest with the research that I had done on energy efficiency and the LED lighting that kept popping up. And so I put two and two together. I attended a program, as I spoke about before, that kind of taught me uh, how to start the business and, and the main basics of a business. And so based on that, I just started going door to door every day selling LED lighting retrofits with a product catalog and a business card and an idea. And so that was my transition into, into business ownership in 2014. Government in general doesn't always have the most... Um Oh gosh, reason to save energy necessarily. Fiscal responsibility. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's no real impetus to like, oh, let's cut back on our utility bills because there's so many resources there. So it's, I would imagine it's not the first thing they think of when they look at cutting costs. Well, I would, I would um, push back a little on that uh, based on our research now and the knowledge that we do have now in the public sector and how, and, and what programs they have implemented to actually reduce their energy usage and be conscious of the energy that they're using and the expense uh, and the environmental impact. So we're now learning how to work with within their mission as a service provider to, to the government. Um, and so it's, it's a little bit different in, in the public sector, as you can imagine that it is in the private sector, but there's uh, there's definitely numerous ways that veteran led kind of fits into that picture. And I would think technology has made that that's changed over the years, right? With, <laughs> go, you know, government looking at ways to cut back and other industries, it's helped with LED lighting, other kinds of energy efficiency technology. Yeah. I mean, well, technology has been growing at a, at a very fast rate, as most people know, and it's, it's infiltrating a lot of businesses and sectors. And I will say that the technology application to the energy sector is huge uh, with, with AI and blockchain and, um, you know, different machine learning and things like that. Um, we're starting to put these buildings online, um, capture that data, send it back to the cloud. And so, yeah, technology has is, is definitely become a part of the energy uh, sector and, and made huge changes within that, uh, even in the last decade. I used to think before I before I learned a little bit about more about your company and what you did, I remember being uh, really upset when the gov when, when the laws came down that said we all had to change the light bulbs in our houses to LED, <laughs> and it was so different at the time. Uh, people were people didn't like the way it looked, and they were thinking we're being forced to use this, but it really does make a difference. And there there are all different kinds of lighting now. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's part of the reason why there's companies like ours out there is to create that understanding and transparency into the steps that they can take to be conscious with their energy usage. Uh, we 
we don't work in the residential sector right now, but specifically with commercial and industrial, it's always just been looked at maybe as like this fixed expense, you know, they budget it for this year based off of last year's, um, you know, usage. And with, with the technology applications, like we talked about previously, now you're able to in real time, uh, every minute detect what that building's using. And so that's more accurate data that they can actually use to, um, you know, start implementing and reduce their energy usage in a more accurate way. Yeah. Cause I, I guess I think most when the, the average person, when they hear led lighting, they just think of that spiral light bulb that you see in the stores and maybe that it cuts, was CFL. CFL. Is yeah. that CFL? Yeah. Okay. So that cuts down a little <laughs> bit on your home. Build. But there's confusion, right? Yeah, like there there's is. people, you know, they don't, they don't know what they're looking at. And I mean, again, a lot of it is, it, it's the same thing with, with businesses, right? You know, they're really good at manufacturing their product or, you know, servicing whatever industry that they're in. And so that's why there's really, um, a need for an energy manager to, to come into to an organization and look at that expense because it does compound month over month uh, when you pay that bill. Yeah. I mean, when, when you, when you do go into a business, walk, walk me through the, the process when you, when you go into a big building or a warehouse mm-hmm. or a school, um, maybe a church and, um, how do you, how do you start with them and figure out how much energy they're using and, and, Give people an idea of how much we're talking about, how much to the bottom line. Well, it's all about getting to know who you're working with and understanding what their goals are and the different um, things that you might run into with that specific customer in mind. So if we're talking to a multifamily uh, apartment complex you know, developer or we're talking to a warehouse or we're talking to a hospital, they all have the same goal to reduce that energy usage, that environmental impact and that bottom line, increase that bottom line. Right. But how do we get there in the most efficient manner? And what are the steps to take that make the most sense from, from a cost perspective, from uh, an application perspective with their specific industry. So we really tailor it. Once we get to understand the customer and understand what their, what their goals are, we start to build that plan. Okay. Here's the first step. And that could be numerous things, numerous conservation measures that they can take. One, maybe just look at your bill. You know, are you getting charged what you're using? I mean, very simple questions, right? But it's, it's, that the starting point is, is usually let's, let's look at your bill. Let's get some data that you have currently. Um, let's see how you're forecasting your expenses and then we can recommend the the steps moving forward from there. And when you, uh, when you figure out kind of what their baseline is, what, what numbers are we talking about? What can people save by switching out their lighting? Just lighting alone, again, it it varies across industries and applications, but I would venture to say that lighting is, could be about 50% of, of your utility bill, maybe 40%, right? So let's just say 40%. You can reduce if you're, we have standard fluorescent fixtures and lamps throughout, um, just going to LED from fluorescent is about a 70% reduction. Um, so if you think about across your entire bill, for example, we just did a private school, we gave them a 70% reduction on their lighting alone. And it was actually a 36% reduction across their entire utility bill. So on average, the lighting was about 50% of, of their bill. Right. And so 
you know, that's kind of the average. It's, it's a lot of savings to, to answer your question. It's a lot of savings opportunities and that's the transparency that we're, we're there to provide to the customer and just letting them understand like, wow, this technology is, is really out there and the return on investment is, you know, is there and makes sense. What do you find that, um, when you, when you talk with somebody, what do you find that, why aren't most people just going ahead and making the switch? Is it, is it because they don't, they don't know? Is it a lack of awareness right now? Or are you seeing, you know, if we look at this across the country, are more people becoming aware if you run a warehouse or you're in charge of a building's energy? Yeah. With just lighting specifically, I mean, companies are becoming well aware now, you know, the led lighting really hit the commercial market in 2007, very, very expensive, really didn't make sense to, to switch an entire facility over at that time, uh, unless they were under some performance contract or something like that. But the pricing finally leveled out, I would say about four years ago. So you had kind of first year entry to market. Hey, this is what led is. There's, there's the knowledge base second year, maybe they're, they're budgeting for their projects. Third, you know, the last two years it's been execution. People know about it. Um, and now they're just, who can I trust to really give me the full value add of, of, of being an led lighting retrofit specialist and you know, what's the best way to get there. Um, so I think definitely with lighting and with energy, it's becoming more and more apparent every, every year, um, how, convoluted that relationship can be between utility service providers and customers. Um, and so again, having an energy management specialist coming in is just makes sense because it provides clarity. It provides transparency and it streamlines the entire process, which ends up decreasing energy usage. You're a young guy and you built a business from nothing. Um, when you think back on, I'm sure you've had ups and downs. When did you, when did you realize that the business was, was succeeding? When was it like, oh, this is something that's working out now? When I started <laughs> calling it a business, you know, when <laughs> yeah. I, when I started saying we, as if I was imagining these other employees around me and I started envisioning running the company, calling it a company, you know, at first when you're out there going door to door, you say, oh, this is, this is just a hustle or it's just a, uh, quote unquote side gig, right? Uh, independent. Um, but when you really, when I really started to envision that the company, that's, uh, when I knew I was on to something. Um, I also, I want a, a fairly large contract for me at the time, $60,000 contract. I was like, wow, I'm on to something like this is, this is it. Let's go with it a hundred percent. Um, and once I was all in mentally and then all in every single day, that's all I was doing. That's when the momentum shifted and we just, we mm -hmm. just took off. Yeah. And how many employees do you have now and what's the scope of your business? So now? right now we have five full-time employees. We have two part-time employees and we work with numerous independent contractors throughout the country in various capacities from sales to project management to consulting. I think a lot of entrepreneurs wonder uh, at what point do I know this is going to work or not? Do you have any advice for, you know, signs to look for, you know, is it, is it always going to be a hustle or am, am okay. I finally figured it out. Well, if you, 
take the smart step in the very beginning and go out and talk to your customers and get feedback and understand the pain point that you're solving and the value that you're providing and see if, see if they want what you're offering, right? See if you have to pivot and move and offer something different or, or approach it in a different manner. And so if, if you're literally out there door to door or making a bunch of phone calls or whatever your strategy is, you need to get that feedback from the market immediately to really understand what you're offering. And then once you know that there is a market for it, you've done a proof of concept, you're, you highlight that first project, you learn the story. Okay. Why did they choose me? What did I provide that these other competitors didn't provide? How did I go above and beyond? Is my customer 100, 1000% happy with the solution that I provided? And so once you start getting all that in, it's, it's a confidence builder, right? Like when I got that first project done, it happened to be the complex that I was living in. So I had the benefit of coming home and seeing my project every day physically, you know, good day or bad day. And so that I lucked out and that, that helped me a lot. Um, but yeah, you just really got to get that feedback. And you've been listening to people for five years now. So you must have noticed changes or maybe you've heard you've heard the same thing over and over again. You know, what's something in that time that you've really learned about energy efficiency or about people's needs for it that you didn't realize when you started out? Um, so I had no experience in commercial real estate, right? The, the transactional stuff, the, the lease agreements and, uh, organizational structures of different investment groups and portfolios and what groups had a focus on, you know, buying and flipping properties or long-term holds. And so a lot of times when you approach these property management groups or developers, you need to understand that first because you may be approaching the wrong person or at the wrong time because you don't understand the, the basis of their initial investments into the property or whoever's holding that portfolio. So I would say that was one of the, the, the bigger challenges for us um, or more one of the wow moments when we started to learn a lot of that and how we could cater our services to certain situations. You know, I'm, I'm also sure we talked about um, when you knew your business was a success and I'm sure there were also times when you thought um, this isn't going the way I thought <laughs> or <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people deal with, um, especially entrepreneurs that are on their own. I kind of feel like giving up and going back into the quote real world and getting a, you know, a real job and a mm -hmm. full-time job working mm -hmm. for somebody else again. What do you tell somebody who's, who's going through that stage of their business? Well, I think uh, success can be defined in many different ways, but I mean, success for me was just getting a client. But I, I think, listen, the ups and downs of business is why there's a lot of people that fail at business, right? Because it's a roller coaster. You're going to think everything's amazing one day and then everything's on fire the next. <laughs> you have mm -hmm. to be able to roll with those punches. Honestly, you have to almost expect it. I mean, if you're not pushing yourself to the next level to, to do something great, um, which comes with failure, right? It, you're not you're not maximizing your, your efforts. And so I think to, to be able to instill that, uh, resilience to fight off every obstacle that you're going to face, that's the important part. And that's going to come at you every day, almost, whether it's an employee issue or a customer issue or a supply issue or a vendor issue, 
those things happen every single day. And I think once you just get the confidence of I'm going to do this until I just physically can't do it anymore, um, you're willing to make sacrifices, whether it's going out with your friends or, um, you know, your hobbies or whatever it is, when you become laser focused, that's when you really, when you become laser focused and obsessive almost about what you're doing and you don't let anything on the outside affect you and you maintain that business focus, that's when you're, you're really going to take a turn for the better. Yeah. I think, um, and something you've said before about, like you said, focused, there's, uh, it's hard to not stay on track. And maybe one of the things that helped you is deciding to focus at first on led lighting. Focus is probably the biggest thing, biggest obstacle I see for every entrepreneur that I talk to. Okay. Everyone that is an entrepreneur has looked at a bunch of different things and then finally found one thing that they, they want to take and run with. Right. Well, they can't just turn off their brain and stop looking at a bunch of different things. They have to retrain their brain on focusing on what is making you happy. Like what, what is success for you? Is it getting this one contract within this one industry that you've been focused on or is it doing multiple different things or what is your actual strategy? If, if you feel like you're waking up winning every day, I don't care if you're doing a hundred things you're great. Like your, your mindset is in, in a perfect spot. And that's, that's the ultimate achievement is to quote unquote, be happy. Right. So if that's happening and you're doing 10 different things, great. But if you're doing 10 different things, you're giving 10% effort at each thing. You're nothing has a chance to really break through. And we all want to have a chance to break through to the next level. And so I have kind of like this 80, 20 rule, right? So 80% yeah. of my time, I'm laser focused on what I know I do best. And then there might be 10% of the time I'm working on maybe like some R and D kind of within that main idea. And then the other 10% of the time I'm just, I'm being artistic, if you will. I'm looking at a bunch of different things, whether I'm researching oil companies or whether I'm researching certain industries or trying to understand my customers better. Um, that's kind of the rule that I keep. And so that's how I stay focused. And I will say the more, success or the larger that you get, the more known that you get, you will start to get pulled in many different directions from many different people. Um, and so making sure that you stay focused is, is key. And I was able to do that, uh, with the help of, of a mentor actually. And I guess that's another piece of advice is look for other people you can talk to that are more experienced, that have wisdom that they can offer back to you too. Yeah. I mean, number one, it's just great to always have a sounding board, right? Somebody you can talk to, but I think it's amazing if you can find somebody that was in the industry that you were in or is currently in that industry in some way, shape or form that you can get professional advice from, or simply just an entrepreneur that has kind of been there, done that and can offer some advice. We're really seeing a lot more younger people come out of college or other experiences and get into this industry. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's really changing the industry that way too, isn't it? Well, I think if you just look at the, uh, the, the social fabric of kind of the new age, right. anyone pretty much 40 or under, um, entrepreneurship has become very cool lately. And so a lot of people this day and age are taking more risks. They're not taking the traditional approach of, you know, four year degree, go to college, um, 
get out of college, land a job at Goldman Sachs and kind of work your way up the corporate ladder. They're looking at, I, I want to be a part of something. I want to make an impact. So the, the small business community, uh, I, I would venture to say is recruiting a lot better than, than normally. And then you're having a lot of people break off and kind of start their own thing. Um, but I, I would also say that just because kind of entrepreneurship is on a pedal right now and it's, it's a little bit attractive to, to everyone. I really would encourage people to uh, do a little bit of planning on the front end and say, okay, am I, am I an entrepreneur? Because it's, it's not that it's, it's cool. It's literally a, a way of life and you need to make sure that, that you're willing to, again, make the sacrifices needed. Not glamorous all the time. It is not. No, no, it's not glamorous. Uh, 18 hour days, uh, it's mental stress. It's all kinds of things like I talked about, but if it's something you really love and you're passionate about it, it's really not a, a job and it's something that you kind of like, Hey, I asked for this and I'm going to smile and keep going. <laughs> Outside of what you do with led lighting and, and, uh, what are some of the ideas that have you excited the things that you're really paying attention to in the headlines? Um, for me, I kind of had a light bulb moment earlier, pun <laughs> intended, but I thought of, you know, the energy experience, right? Like how are, how is a company able to set the best environment mood and, and just do all of that by incorporating proven technology like IOT and sensors, gathering data from the way that customers are moving about in a store or, um, managing inventory through sensors in the building, such as medical carts being moving from room to room. Um, so if you can wrap your head around extracting all of that data out and having programs and algorithms that can push out key data points that a company needs to make actionable decisions in their everyday operation of the business, I think that's, I would say the future, but it's almost like it's, it's pretty much here. I mean, it's already being done in certain areas. Um, think of, for an example, an emergency happens, like somebody moves too fast and it detects an abnormal movement and it says there's an emergency and it lights up the egress path for somebody to, to get out of the building. I mean, I know it's a little in depth, right? But that's, that's how the, you talked about the application of technology in the energy sector. I think it goes even more in depth of creating like a live smart building and taking that data and making it useful for these customers. Yeah. I guess on a, on a very basic level, you could think about when you, when you guys have a warehouse and you know, or when you're walking down the supermarket aisle, it may not be lighted because you're not there. Right. So it's, so the, that's very simple because it's just a sensor that turns yeah. the light on when somebody's there, yeah. but you're talking about things that take that a few steps. Further. Well, just think about even more basic, right? So we've done the lighting, right? Let's look at the HVAC, um, smart thermostat applications. People are familiar with Nest in their house, right? Um, so what those actual units can detect, how they talk to the HVAC systems and making sure that those systems are operating at peak efficiency, okay? So increasing life cycles, reducing O&M expenses with the HVAC, and then looking at the rest of the building, the water coming in, is, is that being metered correctly? Um, is, is there components that we can install to make it, make that system more efficient, making sure that everyone's getting clean filtered water that needs it. Um, 
obviously, you know, natural gas and other things that draw energy from the building. Um, but that's just, that's it, right? It's not mm-hmm. just lighting. It's not just HVAC. It's so many things that, that can be involved in kind of creating a plan. It just all depends on um, different variables like the size of the customer and industry and things like that. Yeah. So it's all, it's all, um, I guess the lines are blurring between <laughs> not to sound too futuristic, but they're blurring between us and the energy we use. It's, it's all working together. Yeah. It's really and part of what we're doing as a company and the shift that we're seeing the industries take, you know, you look at facilities maintenance and um, traditional contractor models and uh, business models of procurement of goods for the maintenance of buildings. It's, it's all kind of changing, right? It's, it's automation is taking its place in certain um parts of these industries. And so people are scared. Oh my God, jobs are going to be replaced because of automation. They get scared, but it's just, you have to shift and understand that you're, you're doing a different job. You know, that automation may create a a computer desk job for someone to look at charts and graphs and review. And there's always going to be like some type of human interaction, um, for quality assurance and for other variables. Um, but people need to learn how to shift with the, the ways. Well, before we go, is there is there something I didn't ask that's on your mind or you know, something that people uh, may not know about LED lighting and this whole this whole sector and uh, energy efficiency? Well, I think you just it depends on your business, right? But I would just look at it as it's not as easy as just swapping out fixtures and bulbs and you know just buying something on Amazon or whatever and plop, popping it in. Uh, it's much more uh, robust, and so I would just encourage you to do your research on companies out there that have experience doing LED retrofits specifically, and you'll get the better value add from them. Sounds good to me. And I know, uh, I know you're used to, uh, you'll, you'll be on the other side of this. You'll be interviewing (laughs) other people as the podcast develops people that are in different areas of energy efficiency. I think that'll be really interesting. And, um, so Chris Rawlings, chief efficiency officer, founder of veteran led friend of mine. Thanks for, (laughs) thanks for being here. Thanks for talking about what you do. And, uh, we, we thank you for listening to uh, the energy sense podcast. Thanks Jason.